This podcast contains coarse language, adult themes, and spoilers. My name's Peach, and for the past couple of years, I've been helping my friend Shag overcome his childhood aversions to everyday foods in the podcast Fussy Eater. Now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the FBI studios, one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. This is Spooker. When we talk about feel-bad club or recreational feeling like shit, um, it's a feeling that, that I've really not been able to get in contact with. You, you know, and the question I posed to you a number of times, Shag, is why would you choose to feel bad when feeling good is available? If you had the option. That is actually a really good point, right? Because if you go mm-hmm. to, let's say you go to your favorite like fast food restaurant, if you like fast mm-hmm. food. Yep. And you're like, what am I going to choose to eat? Like you don't yep. choose your least favorite burger. Exactly. You choose your mate. You like, do you know what I mean? Like, there's no, there's no way where you're like, this is the burger I like the least. Therefore, I'm going to choose that today. No, in no way would you ever do that. So why would you do that with media? Precisely so. Precisely so. And so I, I I'm still looking for an end to the idea that I'm even in, let alone one of the leaders of the feel bad club. It's something I'm looking to understand a little bit better as time passes. And I realize one of the great analogies is being a sports fan and being able to understand the like tragedy of losing. And then like reveling in the media coverage of your team losing and sort of the exquisite pain of it. Um, at the moment, the women's Australian cricket team is probably one of the most dominant sports teams ever assembled on earth in its history. Uh, last time it lost a series of cricket matches was in 2017. <laughs> and um, the teams currently in England at a time of recording has just drawn the ashes, which is a hotly contested um, set of games and I'm unaccustomed to our women's team ever losing anything and so anything other than complete and utter end-to-end dominance and the crushing of opponents especially England feels like a total tragic loss and so I've just been dwelling in media coverage of our women's ashes team going down and losing and sort of hate loving the awful feeling it gives me of having lost a game we really should have won uh, and I'm just kind of wondering if the amount of bad I feel about this outcome is somehow comparable to the feeling of horror films. Shag, I hate it. I wish we'd won. I wish I felt good, but I just feel really bad. And I can't wait to go refresh crickinfo.com and the Guardian's cricket coverage to read more about this awful event. Peach, I think you're getting close. You know, after our episode with Callan, you were definitely closer in your appreciation mm. of Sabuko's first two-hatted horror film, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm. And I think Marcus made a really good point on our episode about Run, Rabbit, Run, Marcus Well, when he talked about how feeling bad is the catharsis and the freedom to do it. And I think the freedom to feel that catharsis without it having ramifications on your life, right? And I think that's probably similar to sport because you're not in that team. You're not in the Australian women's cricket team. You're a massive fan of them. You know all about them. But whether they win or lose doesn't have any real material effect on your life as it would a player in the team. 
it's interesting because it's the most resonant and memorable. So, so as you've said to me before, the like spook out endings and the moment where the killers, you know, the moment where Freddie reaches through the window to take a recent example, the moment I keep turning back to of Damien surviving at the end of the omen and being like, mm, look out, Satan's still on the loose over here. Um, I've often thought of like, oh, why would you want me to feel bad? But I mean, if we turn to men's cricket, um, us losing this test series, also called the Ashes in 2005, is one of my most like compelling like like hate hate watches going on. And I mean, on New Year's Eve last year, I was like, well, I'm going to have a few beers. I'm going to watch highlights of this series that's the most exquisite pain I'm aware of. And, and I was like, oh, okay, this is this is not light years from dwelling in the depths of, like, pain and torture that this podcast is trying to explore. And, and I mean, look, I'm not getting into, like, again, we're not a kink-shaming podcast. We're all not a mm. podcast that talks about kink, you know, but my understanding is for a lot of people who enjoy physical pain, it's because pain mm. and pleasure receptors are quite close, you know, physically, mm. and it's probably the same mentally as well. And the way you describe it is so apt. It's that exquisite pain. And that's what Feel Bad Club's all about. Now, I'm going to shatter what we just talked about by saying mm. the idea of found footage or faux documentary like we talked about last week kind of breaks that apart by being like, no, 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 this isn't catharsis of watching a fictional story. Maybe this is a real story that happened, right? Uh, Alexa made a point where it was like, talking about this film specifically, but this genre, it's, you know, it's the next level in this kind of horror. And it really is because it goes away from being like, oh, we're in a town where Freddy is terrorizing all the teens or whatever. No, like mm. this is happening in our world. And this Ugh. creature that just killed people might kill you too. How do you feel about that? I feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't want to make you feel even worse, but after last <laughs> week as well, before we get to today's film, yeah. after last week and revisiting Lake Mungo, it made me think, did I miss anything in any of the ghost footage that I've shared on Spooko? Mm. If you follow our Instagram account, I've, I've caught, like, maybe I was like, like, I almost definitely wasn't haunted. But there's like a 1% chance I was haunted, right? Mm. Like, and I shared a couple of videos and I went over them to be like, did I miss anything in these videos in plain sight? <laughs> zoom in, zoom in, zoom in. And fuck, like, I don't, again, I don't want to make you feel weird and bad about this podcast, but in the most recent one, it feels like there's like, and it's probably just like, it's probably just the way the light hits it. But it definitely looks like there's a figure in the back of one of them. And I'm I'm serious. Oh, I mean this sincerely and seriously. <laughs> it feels like there's a figure in the back of one of those videos. And it's not real. Like, maybe there's not. I don't know. It just feels like that. Anyway, I'd love you to look at it later on and tell me if I'm going insane or if you see that figure too. Well, I'm not going to do it. So. That's too scary, Jack. <laughs> so, connected to. You know what's interesting as well? This film is so strongly connected to. Spooko, but also last episode as well, because mm. last episode we covered Lake Mungo and the filmmaker behind this film, he cites Lake Mungo as one of his favourite films and a film mm. that heavily influenced this film. Mm. So this is Friendship Homework where somebody from Feelback Club was like, I really dug that you covered Boogeyman, but you should actually cover Host, the film that Rob Savage, the creator, did back during lockdown 
which is potentially even scarier than Boogeyman. And so I'm super excited today, Peach, to do a film that is, I think it's about 55 minutes as well, which is awesome. Yes. Oh, my God. That's a <laughs> triumph. I think maybe the the world's first horror film that, in, that happens entirely on a Zoom call. Peach, today we are doing the 2020 British Screen Life. That's the name of the genre. Screen Life supernatural horror film simply called Host. Host, open parentheses, 2020. Let us go. Oh, it's a shutter film. It's a sh- <laughs> hey. hey. Hi, guys. Hey, hey girl. Gina. Caroline. Hi, Teddy. Hi, <laughs> Let's do a shot after us. Hey, everyone, get in. Three, two, one. Have you ever done anything like this before? I've never done this over Zoom. Obviously, we're not physically together, but there's no reason why Spirit can't communicate over the internet. Nothing's going to happen. Visualise us sitting in a circle. Spirit, we invite you to use us to pass on any communication. Is there anyone there? Please come forward. What was that? Amy, was that you? I heard it. I heard something. I think there's something here. Emma, funny. There's something. You know, we've connected with something. We gotta keep going. We gotta talk to it. And future guest, uh, Ruby Miles, has previously said that she thinks jump scares should be illegal. <laughs> and uh, I suspect this movie is going to prove that point 11 out of 10. I'm expecting every single scene essentially to be a jump scare after we get to about 12 or 13 minutes in. At the very beginning of this podcast, you mm. laid out the reasons why you hated horror films, but you're the perfect mm. candidate for an experiment like this because you had very specific triggers in horror films Mm. that freak you out. And one of them was jump scares. Mm. Are you still anti-jump scare? I'm still just as easily startled. (laughs) And it's like I work in an office job that I'm often staring and concentrating in one direction and sometimes people will come into my peripheral vision and make a sound and I'll go, whoa. (laughs) Uh, And so... uh, yeah, like I'm still as scared, but but it, it's interesting. There's a degree where I can kind of peek behind it and understand that it's not fear, fear. It's more surprise than anything else. Mm. And so that anticipation of a surprise is the same as, you know, walking on the street and someone going, boo, you know, uh, uh, you know, jumping up and down behind you. And so I think that, the more I've engaged with horror as a genre and the more I've come to understand it, I've sort of managed to disentangle the jump scare from the genre itself. 
and come to understand that uh, that feeling, that real horror feeling, that real haunting, mm. chilling feeling we discussed last week um, is pretty different from a jump scare. And I can do a jump scare to you right now by going, boom, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and that's fine. And that, and that might get that, that response that is almost like a laugh, um, but it's similar to fear. But I think it's different from that really profound horror kind of feeling. And so I think I'm a little more inoculated again. Like I'd, I'd still, I'm sure, jump out of my chair watching a horror film with jump scares in it. But I think I'm a little more inoculated against the long-term impacts of a jump scare, if I can put it that way. Um, That's a really great way to put it. Versus a more kind of gory and horrific kind of, kind of thing. Because the reason I ask is, yes, this film does what we stated at the beginning, which is try to blur those lines between a fictional film and reality because the entirety of the film is set on a Zoom call but feels like you're watching something real. So it has that level of evilness in the real world that feels really scary, but it's also basically jump scare the movie. Yep. Every scare in this film is a jump scare. And I think when you think about it, it's because Zoom calls are like tailor-made for jump scares. Mm. Right? Because Your focus is like focused down into the narrowest little field. And so, as I find in the office regularly, anything outside your screen that happens that you weren't expecting, you go, oh! Exactly, exactly. A jump scare is when something appears suddenly that you weren't supposed to see. And to your Mm. point, you can't really have a... If you have, like, a fisheye lens on or something, or you're looking at a giant panorama, you can't really have a jump scare because you can see everything. Whereas with a zoom window, number one, it's usually, like, a smaller window anyway in the Mm. screen. But number two, you're only seeing this small fixed portion of the scene and there's everything beyond the scene that you're not seeing but also what happens when this happens oh shag's gone okay well he's gone but you know what i mean it's like when i'm gone anything could happen well i guess yeah the so the monster jumps out and goes right yeah okay i mean obviously you're not watching this zoom call but like i just sort of disappeared from like once someone disappears from the field all of a sudden Everything changes. Like, where did this well, person go? Well, it's very go? peekaboo, right? Like, we are literally conditioned <laughs> from literally birth. It's literally um, peekaboo. Yeah, to, like, sort of be be engaged with and entertained by the idea of disappear and reappear. Um, yeah, so I'm, look, I'm about, I'm about jump scare the movie. What I love about this, it's literally jump scare the movie because the reason it exists is because in 2020, like in the in the start of the pandemic, and we all kind of remember when everyone was like, this is going to herald like a new era of creativity. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so we all just got super traumatized by it. But initially in lockdown, he created this sort of video that eventually went viral of a Zoom call in which he didn't tell his friends that he was going to disappear and have a jump scare at the end. So... That sucks. Actually, I'd be pretty pissed. I'd be pretty <laughs> fucked off if someone did that to me. But this this video was really popular. And so producers got in contact with him and were like, you should make this into a film. And I don't think that happens enough in Hollywood. Like, I feel like that's a Hollywood dream where it's like, you know, we know from this pod how hard it is to make a film. So the fact that he just made a cool video online and then Hollywood bigwigs are like, hey, son. It's such a different skill set as well to be like, hmm, looks like you made a good small Zoom video. How would you feel of being the boss of like 40 people and trying to get them to film a 90-minute film over like and comply with a budget like over a fairly tight time schedule? It's like it's like the opposite skill set. I mean, it might be why this film, I think, 
is 56. Like, it's literally 56 <laughs> minutes long. He's like, oh, I've worked so hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's 56 minutes long, but it does not waste those minutes. I, I think I held off on this film for so long because mm. I was like, even at that runtime, it's, and it's not quite a short film at 56 minutes, but it's not a, like, mm. I don't know what you call it. It's a mid-film and not mm. mid in the way that Zoom is used. I follow. Movie, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. But every time I saw that film, advertised or talked about, I sort of put it off because I was like, there's no way that can be interesting. And then it became Friendship Homework. And someone described it as a film that was just made to be scary by the director of a film that I really enjoyed. I was like, I'm going to check this out. Mm. And Peach, it's phenomenally good. It is so well done. And I can't believe it's as compelling as it is, but it is. But anyway, the whole film does take place on Zoom to the point where I think we start on uh, like desktop screen and someone like opening Zoom and... Double, double, click, double, 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 yeah, click. Okay. I mean, and, you know, we could probably do that with, you know, all our episodes could, like, it would probably be, like, really monotonous. Boo! Oh, <laughs> let's throw that in. <laughs> but it's kind of, you know, it's 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 how a lot of conversations happen now. It it feels mm. very, like, it sets the tone to be like, I'm in the real world. I am not yes, watching a movie. Yes, well said. Similar to your security footage, similar to your talking heads. So on July 30, 2020, while the United States is under COVID-19 pandemic lockdown, a group of friends, Haley, Gemma, Emma, Caroline, Redina, and Teddy have decided to hold weekly Zoom calls to stay in touch. Fuck, do you remember, like, friendship Zoom catch-ups? Oh, God. I remember the first time I went out for beers with someone by Zoom. I was like, let's go, like, <laughs> sit in a different room in my house and drink, like, <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay, this is kind of, like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> there, were, there were so many trivia nights. It's like, oh, let's have another Zoom oh, trivia night. I only went to one and I was like, oh, I, I can't, <laughs> I don't think I can do. <laughs> like, no wonder we're all traumatized. It sucked. Okay. All right. So, for this week's call. But sorry, like, sorry to get hung up on it. But you're right. At the time, it's like, fuck, we won't even need to, like, meet up with our friends. It's like, now we can stay in touch <laughs> with our friends from other countries. And it's just as good as catching up in person. <laughs> okay. So, th- for this week's call, Haley has decided to hire a medium, Salem, to lead them in a virtual seance. Which is like. I think you got to ask everyone beforehand rather than be like, hey, guess what? You'd be like, uh, oh, no, 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 no. She's told them. And no one's kind of really taking it seriously. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm and Haley's, yeah, okay. from the beginning, Haley's a bit like, no, guys, I really believe in this. Can we just do this sale? It'll be fun. Please don't do that on the podcast, Jake. I will never invite a, like a psychic to come Thank on you. and do a sale. Oh, maybe I will now that you've said. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> All right, okay. So they're all women except for Teddy, mm. who's forced to lead the chat by his girlfriend, Ginny, who unintentionally disconnects him. And everybody everybody on the call is basically like, we love Teddy, but we don't like his new girlfriend. And his new girlfriend's like super rich. So everyone else is calling in from these like tiny apartments. But he's calling from this like, like one of the many different buildings in this massive estate. Yeah, magic. So they start the seance. and. Salem's like, okay, everybody light a candle and like it's just taking them through this this mm. this calmly this calm thing of being like, look, we're gonna invite the spirits. I want you to tell me what you're feeling, tell me what's happening, and we'll just go from there. Gemma claims to feel tension around her neck, like someone's grabbing her neck. 
Overcome with fear, she says that somebody called Jack is with her, a friend who committed suicide in her school by hanging herself. At this point, Salen's internet cuts out, disconnecting her from the chat. Everybody freaks out. And then Gemma, doing what kind of people would actually do, is like, guys, I just, I, I made that up. It was like, nobody was saying anything. There was a bit of tension. I thought it'd be funny to say that. There's no, there's no Jack. It's fine. Like, yeah. and, and Haley's really pissed off because Haley's like, look, I paid for this. Like, I assume she paid for this medium. I thought you'd take it seriously. Can you please, like, not be a dick when she comes back on? Socially, there's no coming back for that. Like, because then the same, like, because then the psychic comes back, you're like, hey, sorry, that was just all a lie. And it's like, okay, yeah, fucking thanks. What's, yeah. what's good is, is the psychic does come back on and she's like, actually, you should never do that when we started a seance. Because it like. Oh, sick. You're like mocking the seance. Yeah. And it basically opens you up to actually being invaded. If you pretend you're being invaded by someone who's not there, it opens you up to being actually invaded. So the remaining members of the group begin to experience strange, terrifying phenomena. Haley's chair is pulled by an unseen force. Sick. A, a hanging corpse can be seen in Carolyn's attic when she goes to investigate noises. And Emma's glass spontaneously breaks. Now, what's cool Sick. about this film is it was actually filmed in lockdown. And so all of these actors had to create all these effects by themselves. So when the chair's being pulled, it's like an unseen bit of like fishing wire that she's got connected to her hand sort of thing. Like they all had to obey lockdown rules. So they're all just making these effects happen in their own windows, but it feels like it's overpaced. Haley uses a Polaroid camera to snap a photo of her living room where a ghostly hanging figure appears on the print. As the girls panic, Haley manages to get back in touch with Salen and informs her of everything that has happened. And Salen's basically like, a spirit is indeed with them, but it isn't friendly. Gemma's prank has allowed a spirit or demon access to their world, entering their circle during the seance. Salen also informs the girl that the demonic spirit could be a tulpa, which has taken on the guise of Jack in Gemma's made-up story and begins to give them instructions on how to close the seance. So basically, Gemma, by creating a prank, has has basically caused them to have this real life experience. And everything. So many pranks lead to deaths in horror. It's awesome. It's actually really interesting that way, right? It's very anti prank yeah. culture, which is good because <laughs> I don't like pranks either. Yeah, I'm anti prank culture over here as well. The spirit interrupts this by causing more phenomena, and Salen's disconnects again before the girls attempt to close the circle using her advice, believing the ordeal to be over. The members of the group begin to leave the Zoom call. Radina gets up and leaves the room, unaware of her boyfriend, Alan's body, hanging behind her. Carolyn's artificial background... Okay, this doesn't do a very good job of explaining what happened, but basically, like, Mm. remember how, like, somebody in, like, lockdown created that background of them walking back and forth? Yes. So Carolyn has one of those at the beginning that she's like, guys, check this out. And then she disappears from the camera and we realize at some point that we're not actually seeing carolyn we're seeing this fake footage of her and we realize that when we see her face smashed into the the front of her zoom screen yes that's so good baking the background over and over again and everyone's like okay fuck we're being haunted there's this demon on this zoom call there's nothing we can do about it em emma's oh this is the coolest part right so Emma, one of the one of the people on the Zoom call, remember how like at the beginning of the pandemic, everyone was like, I'm always gonna use filters. Like, I'm always gonna use like lenses on Zoom calls to be being a cat or me having 
uh, crazy yeah, hat or being a potato yep. or whatever, right? Remember how that was? Yep. So Emma is doing that and then her camera. That feels like NFT, like crypto culture now. Of like people are going to fucking love this <laughs> in future. <laughs> well, I think this is probably one of the cleverest spook outs in this, right? Mm. So she's using this filter, right? And obviously we can see the background of her. All of a sudden, the background places a filter on something that's not there in the background. Yes, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. She then scatters flour on the floor, showing the footprints of the spirit coming towards her and causing her kitchen cupboards to burst open before the spirit attacks her, causing her to hide in her room. So we're on laptops here. Yeah. We're not on desktops. We're on laptops. Okay, cool. Regina attempts to flee her home after her boyfriend Alan's dead body drops in front of her, but she is pulled away from the door and killed by the spirit. Carolyn is killed as she pleads for help when the demon repeatedly smashes her face onto the desk. Haley and Gemma argue, Haley being like, fuck, not only did you not take this seriously, you mocked it, leading to all our friends being dead. And Gemma's like, how can you blame me right now when we're both still in danger? While this has happened, Haley is pulled out of her room. Gemma's the last person on the call. Shocked, Gemma, who lives around the corner from Haley, immediately leaves her home to try and help. Teddy then returns to the call with like a joke being like, guys, spooked and then realizes that something's wrong when like one of their smashed faces is there and everyone else is gone. Oh, God. Unaware of everything that has occurred, the spirit in the form of a horrifying figure attacks him. Chased through his house, a panicked Teddy witnesses Ginny, his girlfriend's, body being raised above the ground, her neck being snapped by an unseen force before he is himself knocked down, set on fire and killed. Emma is now the only person still active in the call, fearfully turns her camera to the doorway of the room after her door suddenly opens. She throws a blanket onto nothing, which lands on a figure. Yes. Terrified, Emma opens her window to flee but accidentally falls to her death. Gemma arrives at Haley's home and finds via the open Zoom call on Haley's laptop that both Emma and Teddy are dead. The invisible spirit throws a bottle at her head while the cupboard bursts open. She manages to find Haley hiding under a desk, and the pair attempt to escape the house using the flash of Haley's Polaroid camera to light the way. You can imagine. That's such a good jump scare mechanism. Right? Using the flash of a Polaroid, yeah. They're about to get out when. The flash lights a man with a mutilated face that rushes at the Zoom screen. And if you remember back in the day, nobody had paid Zoom. So it was like, your call has ended and rate your call out of five. Nice. And that's the end of the 56 minutes of host. Peach, what do you think? Fuck, like, that's creativity. It's just really good. You know, like, it's just nice that people want to make things. And that, that to me is your classic, like, I... I'm sure it was you who were telling me about the yeah, 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 spitting off the edge of the world moment of like, it's just like, let's just make some stuff. Let's just do a film like this. Like, it's really nice to see an itch being scratched for, I don't even know how you make money from that. I guess you charge people for watching the stream or you sell sell it to Shutter, don't you? Yes. Yeah, okay. Well, that is selling out really, isn't it? (laughs) Like perhaps, yeah, okay. Maybe I shouldn't be too defensive of the filmmakers. But um, it's a... It's nice to f- watch people follow the muse. Mm-hmm. Um, I often get caught up, like when we spoke with Mark and Marcus the other week, I often get caught up in the like, oh, 
what is creativity versus commissioned art? And to me, I feel like this is very much a work of circumstance where the muse has visited someone and, um, you, you know, and they have thought, well, okay, I can make something of this. No, I like it, Shag. It gets fucking peach likes it and after, thinks it's a good idea. <laughs> after the hat episode, <laughs> you're like, I need to end every episode with a review. Genuinely, though, because mm. it is probably something I will eventually do, knowing me mm. and knowing how I've tried to, you know, I've added scary sounds and stuff. If yep. I planned a Zoom jump scare for an episode, Yes. Would you be like, I mean, like, because I'd like. You saw me. Remember when Al interrupted oh, yes. an episode, oh like God, five yes. five episodes ago <laughs> when I nearly died? <laughs> you know, I would die. I'd scream and scream. Um, I don't know if apologies work in advance, but Peach, when or if that happens, oh, you God. know I love you deeply and <sighs> I, I hope I have your consent to do that to you. Oh, I, I can't consent to what I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know what it is. <laughs> uh, this was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe and follow wherever you can and as much as you can. And Resh's, what's up? What, what should we taste to? A, uh, a happy, happy seance? Yeah, happy, happy spookies. Happy spookies. Okay, everyone get in. Three, two, one. Cheers. 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 Cheers.